3: Not going to lie, there's something quite compelling about watching the world's poshest family be very common. Doesn't it make you feel good about your own dysfunctional family? I mean, news to no one. I've got no time for any of them. But the scandal is very intriguing, isn't it? Also, aren't posh people weird? Losing your virginity out the back of a cottage to a middle-aged horse-loving woman who treated him, I quote, like a young stallion. What, did he stink of shit and like a polo, Mint?
4: Tone, after, after the tone, the tone.
3: down the pub loads of your calls lots of me moaning and bird murder biscuits and a happy new year supposedly so it says here it's worth hanging around for but I mean you'll be the judge of that (laughs) listen we're back after a few weeks off for that feeding thing I'm sure we're gonna hear all about it and what you got up to and if this is your first time round, here hello my name is Scotty the invisible dominatrix in the Debenhams two pieces Debbie And together with the audio geeks, Tim and Maya, we bring you a slice of the collective consciousness that no one asks for, but many can't live without. Now, listen, that number to call, if you're feeling like you've got something to get off your chest, lucky you, will be coming up a bit later in the show. But just FYI, next week is our last week, possibly ever. Listen, I don't mind making empty fucking frets, okay? So it's possibly the last week ever. So if you've been holding on to something, now's your chance to let go. Not in that way. Keep it clean. Uh, right, Debbie, let's not over-egg the pudding. Throw us a spoon.
2: Keep on
5: turning.
2: here.
4: I've been here.
2: i Rolling,
4: rolling,
2: rolling, rolling on a river. You're welcome.
6: (laughs) Happy New Year.
3: (laughs) Now, I'm not too sure who this was or how it was, because I don't know if I need to be calling social services, let alone (laughs) responding to you right now. There were children screaming in the back.
4: (laughs) Twenty-two, (laughs) twenty-two!
3: and then we went into rolling and i think maybe this is the untrained ear i think this could be stevie and colchester i could be making that up that could be a lie so sorry if i am misremembering who this person is but it sounded like you had a right old ball for new year's eve i'll tell you what i did i sat in uh, the nhs ones gaff and uh we were we were all you know we had a couple of glasses of this and that and the other and he just made a buff book and yon oh i know i mean you can tell we're from different backgrounds buff book and yon on new year's eve you don't know you're born so we had that and oh we're all legal in the time we're all looking and then we're looking at the Jules Holland on the tv on mute because you know who needs to listen to it do you know what I mean I mean lovely as it is it's a bit much do you know what I mean it's, it's like essentially Jules Holland if you live in the UK you'll understand this it's like when white people think they're having fun, isn't it? Oh, it's just awkward. And then they just like get drunk people that are sort of semi-famous, but not sort of sat in a room in a TV studio. Oh, it's just terrible. Anyway, I know it's been on air since like 1994 or something, but, you know, we all have our time. <laughs> That's me cancelled now. So, yeah, we're all in the time. We're all looking at Jules Holland. Anyway, someone then turns and goes, it's 12.01. <laughs> completely missed it absolutely completely missed it so uh, you know I feel vicariously big word for me thank you very much that'd be me on countdown now vicariously 12 letters don't know how many letters it is but just always say 12 if in doubt I felt like I had a rebirthing so there we go thank you very much 10 points to you
6: hi Scotty it's the original bird strangler here what a journey god it's been it's been really nice isn't it so many people coming together Oh, it's been beautiful, beautiful to see. Um, Anyway, I was just tidying my room and I was thinking, whilst listening to your podcast, he needs to know what runs in my family of uh, murderers. So uh, type yourself into Google, butcher black pudding freezer and uh, sit back and enjoy the ride.
3: Hello, the OG Bird Strangler. Now, I feel... I need to have words with you, because you started this season off on a very weird tip. Okay, and I feel like you're solely responsible. I don't know. Should I Google butcher black pudding freezer? Oh, fuck it. What else have I got to lose? What else am I doing with my time? Butcher black pudding. I like a bit of black pudding. Don't you get me wrong. Butcher black pudding freezer. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. A black pudding saves a butcher trapped in a freezer. <laughs> Your family are not right, are they? Okay, so I'm going to give you... I've found an article on the BBC. It's a lad. It says a butcher who has become trapped in a walk-in freezer <laughs> escaped thanks to a frozen black pudding. Chris, I won't give that... Chris's name, because you never know. 70? Oh my God, you're lucky to get out alive. Said he got trapped in the freezer door in his shop in Devon because uh, it, <laughs> it blew shop behind him. Is that not the most Devon story you've had? <laughs> Stranded in temperatures of minus 20 and that in old money, American money, that's zero 04 Fahrenheit. 04? Four? Minus 4 Fahrenheit. With the door release button shut, he said he used a 1.5. That's 3.3 grams per pound. Fucking hell, I wouldn't do any well over there, would I? In the other money sausage (laughs) as the battering ram on the release. (laughs) How? I mean, what's got? Do you know what? Actually, I don't want to make. There could be a very dark connection. Are you sure you were actually killing a bird in your bin shed because you were feeling sorry for it or are you doing a bit of poultry on the side for old Chris there in Devon? Well <laughs> listen, with the beef too slippery and the lamb <laughs> with the beef too slippery and the lamb too big he happened upon the best thing the black pudding well <laughs> who knew well there you go 10
2: points
3: Uh, Do you know what? I don't know why I'm surprised. I'm fucking not surprised because you're all fucking... I'm sure, you know what? Now I've mentioned this story, well, it's going to be fucking hordes of people. Well, Mark Randall was a butcher and he was once saved by a port scratching. If this leads to phone calls about people being stuck in fridges, well, I don't know what
7: I'm going to fucking do. So I thought I would call in. Hey, Scotty. Hey, the rest of the team. Hope you're doing good. I have a bird killing story. I always listen to the podcast and I don't ever feel like I have much I can contribute. But I have a story that I thought I'd tell you. So I was living with an ex-partner and we had a cat and the cat caught a bird that was a baby bird. And when I saw it, um, its organs were like hanging out and you could see like the veins and stuff. And it wasn't going to survive. And my partner was crying and wasn't going to do it. So I was like, right, I need to step up and end this, this little bird suffering. So I got a big fuck off plant pot with a plant in it like a bit, a massive one, and I dropped it on the bird, and um, it died very quickly, which is obviously the optimum result, because I didn't want it to suffer, but I just, I felt like a massive dickhead, like the bird wouldn't have survived, it was so young, but that's what I did, and I have that on my conscience seven years on, so (laughs) I thought I'd call in and tell you my story, thank you, and I love the podcast, fucking awesome podcast.
3: Listen, of course you love the fucking podcast, because I'm genius, OK? <laughs> Don't let anyone fucking tell you otherwise. <laughs> now, first time call a badge winging its way to you, wherever you are with the seven years of guilt. Now, baby... Ba- ba- baby bell? Baby deaf... Ba- baby deaf bird. No, no, not a deaf bird. The, the deaf of a baby bird. It sort of makes it more sinister, doesn't it? I can see why that guilt's with you. Also, the very graphic nature of which you said this, but I couldn't, (laughs) I couldn't help. Why is it that I always feel like I've got to ask questions? I couldn't help but think, was it Ponsetta? (laughs) Was it Variegated Ivy? (laughs) Like, why? Why? Um, why does it matter to me what type of plant it was? Because the other part of me thought, well, you sound like a trendy person. You sound like the sort of person that's got one of those sort of raw, concrete plant pots in the house. I couldn't imagine it being done with like very lowly terracotta. So I've built this image in my head of of you doing this <laughs> with a partner growing and traumatised behind you. Um, so it's a beautiful visual, but I can see why the guilt's there. Listen, there's something about seven years. Every seven years, you um, your body changes or something, doesn't it? Like you've completely renewed. And then there's something about something in retrograde or something so i just think it's gone now okay just delete it from your brain and uh, never darken this doorstep again (laughs) lovely to have you yes it's a wonderful podcast isn't it thank you so much for listening and validating me
6: hi scotty so yeah back to work today and really made the effort so today i'm in joggers instead of pjs and i'm working from my office instead of my sofa so you know really pulling out all the stops today one of the beautiful things about working from home and being a freelancer is that my mind goes on complete tangents and one of the tangents today was what is the riskiest biscuit to have with your brew because for me hands down it's always been a malted milk I think they're absolute traitors complete fascists and you know absolute homophobes for the for the fact that you you can't trust them like half a second more in the tea and you've lost that bastard to you know the bottom of the cup and I was just then sitting here thinking well what's other people's riskiest biscuit because I bet we've all got different riskiest biscuits so that's my question for you what is your riskiest biscuit and why
3: Many thanks for your call. New year, new you. My grace is from the sofa and in jogging bottoms. I, do you know what? I am an advocate of just wearing jogging bottoms for life. Like a bag for life. A jogging bottom for life. Because I think you can get away with a jogger for many occasions. And I don't know. I think from that lockdown period, you know, learning how to wear denim again? Oh. It's awful, isn't it? Can you remember when we used to wear jeans? Do you remember when we used to, like, wear trousers? How disgusting. So big advocate of a jogger, and well done. You know, sometimes it's very easy to sit and work from the sofa, isn't it? And, and like you, I often get very distracted. I can barely get through this podcast without remembering my own name, <laughs> I forgot the end of that sentence, evidently. So a great demonstration there of what I was actually talking about. Now a risky biscuit. I know what you're saying here about the fascistist of malted milk. Not a great biscuit. Would prefer a nice biscuit. Not a nice biscuit, a nice biscuit. I think equally fatistic, because I mean you could blow at it and it would fall over. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I think is the snidey dickhead of the biscuit world in this genre is a plain hobnob. Now, I have to s- stipulate, not a hobnob that is covered, not one with a coating, okay? Not a caramel chocolate, not a chocolatey one. You know, like your plain box standard, you know, like hobnobs that we had in the 90s before Joy was invented, you know, just a plain biscuit. Because it, it, you look at it and you think, that looks, the texture of that is like, Chipboard. I look like I could build houses with that, right? You put it in a cup of tea, yeah? And not only does it just go to the bottom, it turns your cup of tea into a bowl full of porridge. And I think that is gaslighting, actually. So I think that if if the malted milk is a fascist, I'm going to say the hobnob is a gaslighter. Now, I'm going to open this up to the rest of the room. I'd love you to know. The number is coming up very shortly. If you've got a Risky Biscuit story, I mean, what else are we doing? We're talking about dead baby birds. (laughs) The number to call is coming up very shortly. And that feels like a really good moment to have a breather and possibly a cup of tea and a Risky Biscuit, I think, but still to come. A Christmas baby, a missing accent and a pint of phlegm. Oh, do you know, I hate the word phlegm. Isn't it hideous? I mean, even the way it's spelt pisses me off. Now, I'm going to level with you. We didn't get two funding applications that we've been making in the background to find other ways of supporting this space. So there's that. So the future of this place is more uncertain than we thought. So if you can, patreon.com forward slash after the tone, throw us a little something. Every little does really fucking help us. Um, this week over on the Patreon, I'm going to be talking to the beloved Holly on Montreal, who's currently in New York City with a shaggy dog tail for us all. Um, thank you to everyone who's been sharing the bits and bobs on their socials. Keep them coming. It really does mean the world to us. At After The Tone, P-O-D, you know where to find us. And and ATT is doing a live. I know, an IRL in real life with people and Debbie and a special surprise guest. I know it's killing me. I want to tell everybody, but I'm not allowed to. It's happening on the 4th of February in Manchester. Details you can find on our socials. But but listen, if you're coming, fab, glorious, can't wait to see you in real life. I'll do you a little wave and if you fancy it, I might do a cuddle. If not, why not send us your very best, juiciest confession, gossip or scandal. Uh, And Debbie's written here why not tell us what you're having for your tea? Honestly, can I fucking stop asking these fucking people what they're having for their tea? Because none of them have got any fucking taste in the first place, Debbie, and it only raises my fucking blood pressure. So, if you've got any of that that you want to share with us, you know what to do send us a voice note to this number 0788 200 3420.
5: Hi, Scotty, Tim, Maya, Deb, everyone at the pub. Happy New Year. This is Christmas Dread from one of the December episodes. My name's Stacey. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself in my messenger. (laughs) Messenger, fuck's sake, such an oldie. I'll be asking for your BBM pin next, Scotty. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks so much for your thoughts around Christmas. It really helped um, take the pressure off, actually. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. You also spoke about accents in that episode it got me thinking about the accents that we put above letters, you know, such as the accent above the E in French, for example. And it reminded me of a um, a little anecdote about a place where I used to live, which um, has brought me bits of joy over the years. I lived on the Isle of Butte for a few years, and it was quite the experience and one that I'm still figuring out, but that's a story for another day. So... As you imagine, like when you're visiting Scotland, especially the islands and the highlands, a lot of the English signage also has a Gaelic translation underneath. Um, So when you're getting the ferry into Rossi, which is the main town of Butte, it says, welcome to Rossi, gateway to beautiful Butte. And underneath is the Gaelic translation, which includes a word for Butte, which is Vod, And that's spelled B-H-O-I-D. There's an accent above the O. Well, up until 2015, um, for about nine years, I think, uh, there was a typo and somebody didn't put the accent above the O. So it was a word that was pronounced bod instead of vod. Yeah, so when you're getting the ferry in, you arrive in this beautiful island, looks lovely, Aaron in the background, massive sign, says, welcome to Rossi, gateway to beautiful Butte And then instead of welcome to the beauty of the Isle of Butte, the sign said, Welcome to the beauty of Penis Island. All right, take care. Bye.
3: Trust the English to get their ass over their tits or their penis. <laughs> Now, I love this. Yes, I'm going to add to you on MSN Messenger, Stacey. I think you might be new around here so you can have a first-time caller badge. Now, if you don't know where the Isle of Beauty is, dear listener, fucking get it on the Google. Stop being a lazy bitch. Honestly, how many times do I have to tell you that this information is freely available to you by searching for it with your fat thumbs? And um, glorious. I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear it. Well, as you know, if you're a listener of this thing, I'm always getting me arse over my tit. So, you know, those in glass houses shouldn't walk around naked, as, as they say. What did you call it? The Isle of uh, Lovely Penis? Well, I mean, I've been to worse places. (laughs) Uh, Do you know what? I've been to places which claim to be the Isle of Lovely Penises. And I'll tell you what, (laughs) if any of them should have spelling mistakes, it's those places. Oh, my God, the gays. They love this place called Mas Palomas. Hideous. Absolutely vile. And, you know, I can say this because they're my people. And, um, oh, you don't do half get a rough gay round those parts. Oh, I mean, I know I'm rough, but my God. Oh, not for me. No, thank you very much. So, I tell you what, we might get ourselves up to the Isle of Bute, get on the grinder up there. Has anyone ever put on the grinder in remote locations? I tell you what, farmer trade... Yes, please. I'll tell you where you get the best trade from. The best trade you'll ever, ever find for serving the absolute delish dad trade. Motorway stop service stations. Oh, my God. Yes, please. You've got angry dads who are willing to divorce their children there and there on the spot because they're so pissed off of having to share a car with them. Very good place to pick up a father. <laughs> Now, I know that was by the by, Stacey, but you know what? Let's call it a tangent. If anybody has got an idea about where an accent went wrong or a floater, I think they call it. Do they call it a floater in French or an umlaut in German? My God, I'm actually quite cultural. Please do call up. We'd love to hear from you.
5: Morning. It's Stacey. I woke up with the fear that I totally butchered that pronunciation of the Gaelic um, words for penis and butte and. Yeah, and I did. So I want to put in a correction because I would genuinely really hate to offend or disrespect Gaelic, its culture and its speakers. So this is the pronunciation for butte, Bode. Bode. Um, and this is the pronunciation for penis. bot. So it's bot and not bode and vote that I said. You can blame my Aberdonian brogue by way of numerous years living on the west coast of Scotland, plus a few years of having to tone down my accent whilst living in London. So you can blame all of that mishmash. All right, cheers. Bye.
3: Now, I'm very glad for this um stipulation towards the end of, and you know, that fear, because we know we do like to pay respect, pay homage. I tell you what, as somebody who comes from an Irish-speaking family like my nan's side, they're all from the Gael Toch. And I tell you what, my God, I ain't got a fucking clue. I ain't got a fucking clue. And they're praying it for hours a day. And they listen to the news in it. And I'm, do you know what? I'm, hooray for you. Hooray for you. I like to think of the Irish language as being for posh knobbeds, really. <laughs> it makes me feel a bit better about myself. Don't fucking all start calling in and all of that. All right. I know what I need to know out of the language, which is hello, goodbye, you're welcome, and cheers. I mean, what more do you need in fucking Irish? <laughs> there'll be calls. <laughs> they'll be phoning up, they'll be writing home. <laughs> so I understand that feeling but where was I I think I was in Japan right and I think it was something I mean I'm gonna get this completely wrong but it was like the same word for fat was the same word well it sort of sounded very similar to me for like river and bridge oh no thigh it was like thigh river and bridge were all <laughs> the sort of same word, and I was like oh for fuck's sake right so I'm gonna look that up see if I've got if I remember that right Cause you know, if you're doing Google Translate i I'll do it Fi in Japanese.
6: Dai
3: Tai. Daitai. tai Dai Tai. Dai, dai. dai Tai. Dai, dai. Okay, love, okay, yeah. I get uh, don't fucking piss me off. Okay, so that's the daitai, Tai. And bridge is Hashi. Okay. Hashi. Uh, yes, I fucking Hashi. Yes, alright. Okay. So it's not those two words, but it's something else. But it's quite easy to get things wrong. And you know what? It's okay. We're in a space where we're allowed to get things wrong, even even including me, who thought bridge and thigh was the same in Japanese, and, and quite clearly they're not.
1: Hi, Scotty. This is The Nihilist, second time caller into the show, but you chose not to broadcast my first call, so moving swiftly past that. I liked the call that you had on your Christmas special with Travis Alabanza by the person who was a Christmas baby. And I can very much relate to that because I, too, am a Christmas baby. My natural date of birth is the 23rd of December, two days before Christmas Day. And to be completely honest with you, I... Fucking hate it. I hate being a Christmas baby. You know, as hard as I try, I'm just never going to be bigger than Jesus, am I? And even though, unlike your caller, my birthday doesn't fall on actual Christmas Day, at least on Christmas Day, people are having a party that you can hijack and subvert to your own birthday and take some of that spotlight away from Jesus for a short while. But on the 23rd, nobody's wanting to party, nobody's willing to go out and celebrate you, everyone's getting ready for the big parties that are going to be happening on the 24th, 25th and the 26th and then for the new year. So my entire life, well not my entire life, my childhood it was okay because 23rd of December is usually the day when primary school broke up so I could usually hijack the primary school breakup party and be, hey it's my birthday and blackmail the little kids into bringing me presents and that kind of thing. But as I've become an adult it's awful it's just like I just can't have like you and Travis are talking about you know you don't really find people clapping at you special well I do well I do and that's what I want I want a day that's all about me and people will turn up and turn out and bring me presents if they want that's not essential but just you know I'm just like getting shown some love and being appreciated and on the 23rd of December it just doesn't happen on my 30th birthday two people came literally two people came to my 30th birthday so that's how bad it gets and i just want to let you know that this year i made the decision to actually change officially change my birthday date So from here on in, I am going to celebrate my birthday. I've been doing it for a couple of years now already, but I officially celebrate my birthday on the 23rd of July because there's a lot more people around around in the summer and people are in a better mood then and much more willing to have a party. So happy Christmas to you all and happy birthday to me. And I hope to see you soon and have a good New Year, babe.
3: Hello, the Nihilist, Lovely to have you. S-T-C-I-T-T-S-B-Y-O-U. Second time caller. It's the last time you didn't call up. I can't remember what the acronym meant, but it just, it was very pushy, wasn't it? Don't push you with me, dear. Maybe you weren't entertaining the first time you called. This is a general theme that we get every season. People say, I called out before, but you didn't use my phone call. And I always feel like turning around to people and saying, well, why don't you live a more interesting fucking life then, Jean? Lovely to hear from you. Thank you for that very in-depth account to why your birthday should be celebrated. I mean, like you said, me and Travis did say. I mean, ah, birthdays do feel a bit unusual, but you obviously feel very differently. You feel very strong connection to your birthday. So, I mean, why not rebrand yourself, Jesus? Why not be Jesus? This is the thing. Why not lean into it, hun? Why not do a nativity birthday party? You know, you can be born into a little manger. You can have three kings, bring your gold frankincense and myrrh. (laughs) Myrrh, if you've ever heard the like. Who wants myrrh? Who wants myrrh in your calf? You could have the shepherds and the, 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 sorry, the lowly shepherds. (laughs) Why were the shepherds lowly? As a child, I thought they were lonely. (laughs) The, The lonely shepherds. Maybe they are. Maybe that's where my next project lies, going doing outreach with lonely shepherds. Why not lean into the aesthetic is what I'm saying. I mean, I love this idea that you're going a bit um, camp with it, you know. I I don't want to mention the R word, Royal, because, you know, that one that's just gone. She used to have two birthdays, didn't she, supposedly. I mean, who knows? So you could just sort of lean into it and have two of them. I mean, I'm sure there are worse birthdays than the 23rd of December. I mean... Some people would have been born on terrible tragedies, wouldn't they? My dad's birthday is the 13th, so sometimes it comes around, just on a Friday. Can you imagine what that's like for the superstitious? I mean, it's kind of fine, nothing terrible's ever happened. But, you know, I'm sure people were born on terrible days. I mean, I, ma- I imagine the 1st of January is a really fucking shit birthday as well. Because that's just a write-off, isn't it? I think the 1st of January should be called The Extra Day in December. I think it should just still be called this is another one in December. You know, just keep it very vague. Like I don't need a number like let's call it the forty fifth of December and everyone's like, Oh <coughs> wink wink Nudge nudge. That was me winking for the radio. <coughs> oh, the forty fifth <45th> of Yeah, <coughs> I got ya. You know, and then we start on the 2nd of January. You know, like the the first day of the year is the 2nd of January. Uh, so I think if you've got that day, news day, I think that's a bollocks of a day. I think if your birthday's on Boxing Day, it's probably a bit of a bollocks of a day as well, isn't it? So it's not all about denialists, OK? It's very complaining about having a birthday on the 23rd. Maybe your parents should have thought about when they were eloping. You know, they should have thought about when they were having it off with each other. So I think you should sit down with them and give them some sexual education, <laughs> Could you imagine sitting down your parents be like, there's something I need to tell you, okay? If you're going to do this again, you need to be thinking about the calendar. The Gregorian calendar needs to be consulted. Nihilus, it's lovely to have you.
4: Hello, Scotty and all the ATT group and everyone in the pub. Don't come too close because I'm dripping with the lurgy. It's uh, Jamie from Edinburgh here. And I've been playing Father Christmas in the Hull area. And I've been around children for about a month. And let me tell you, I'm glad, glad that that job is now over. I mean, it's lovely. It was lovely. It was very cute. But can't help thinking that now the children are out of my life, I'll start to get a bit better again. <clears throat> I mean, as I was driving home... Uh, I, just, I could just feel something in my br- bronchial tract, you know, uh, flapping away, and I coughed, and it was like bringing up a baby alien. It was, oh, uh, It had uh, pseudopodia and everything. It was, oh, it was, it was bad. I, I think I must have produced about a pint of phlegm over the night. And it's still coming out. I mean, where does the body make it? It's just incredible. Where's all this stuff coming from? To to put together to make it phlegm and what was it made of anyway? I haven't eaten that much green things, frankly. Asparagus? It it's, it's actually some of it was the colour of mountain dew. It's so thick and stringy, it's so disgusting. I could I could wallpaper my bedroom with the amount of gloopy gum which has come out of me. Anyway, how are you?
3: Jamie in Edinburgh via Hull. I don't think we've ever had a more disgusting, vile call because I just can't comprehend working with children. (laughs) Just fucking... If there is anything more that I detest... Than Christmas. It's children at Christmas. Oh, they're so fucking self-righteous. I want, I I need, Santa's going to bring me the elf on the shelf this. No, none of it fucking exists. Sit down there and fucking suffer like the rest of us (laughs) do. Jamie that was a very disgusting account of your phlegm although when you said pseudopedia I thought I don't know what it means but it sounds like a drag name so you can have that one now where does it come from it comes from your fucking lungs what is it I don't know but of course I've got to have a fucking look on the internet isn't it phlegm which is spelt like z l g m r k phlegm Here we go. Oh, God, it's going to show me pictures, isn't it? It's a type of mucus that's made in your chest. You typically don't produce noticeable amounts of phlegm unless you're sick with a cold. Yes, well, we fucking know that, don't we? Excessive phlegm creation. Vocal use. It's one of them. Smoking is another one. Illness um, or air pollution. Well, I mean, you were in Hull. (laughs) So, there you go. It doesn't really say anything. It just says that it was made in your chest, supposedly, and uh, that you might die. Oh, yeah, let's not worry about that bit. Um, Jamie, lovely to hear from you. I hope you recover from working with the children. Do you have to do it at Easter as well? Oh, God. Could you, do you know nothing more than I hate? I think is probably the worst middle-class thing ever in your life is where posh parents hide eggs around their garden and they think it's cultural for their children. No, it's fucking not. Those people are fucking... I am swear by it. They are fucking responsible for avian flu. Putting out their fucking dirty Tesco, dirty Sainsbury. Oh, they're going to have to bleep all of these. Dirty Asda, I'll cover them all just so that we're legally okay. Dirty Morrison's, dirty Walmart's <laughs> eggs. Out there for those poor baby chickens. i tell you what, there's a link here between these people who are doing the egg run hunt Easter things and all these dead birds that you lot are finding. I mean, I don't mean to be starting conspiracy theories, but you know me... Up here for thinking, down there for dancing. And that's... (coughs) Oh, uh, (coughs) God, I've got a bit of phlegm in my throat now. God, it's catching. That's me. I'll be dead next. Uh, That's all, folks. (laughs) That number to voice note is in the description box. It's harmless fun. Loads to respond to this week. Come on, nice light-hearted shows. We're having a good old giggle. You and me and the others. Come on, why not have it? Uh, Remember, you would be doing us a massive favour by hitting that subscribe button, because it really does make the difference. At After The Tone, P-O-D, if you like the internet as much as we do. 4th of February is the date for your diaries for the Manchesterford please thank you so from me deb tim and maya we'll see you next time but remember wherever you go take us with you because we'd like to know what you're doing all right see you in a bit bye
4: Turn Turn
3: After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Banno, Assistant Producer Maya Miller Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh